0: Hi, welcome to episode 472 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I told some Syrian refugees they could come live with me on one condition. They had to listen to episodes of this podcast. They declined. They told me they'd rather stay in Syria and take their chances. Today, it's Fantastic Four, volume three, number 43, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 472, from July 2001. And the walls came tumbling down by co-plotters Carlos Pacheco and Raphael Marin, scripter Jeff Loeb, and guest artist Joe Bennett. So Reed, Sue, and Ben are trapped in the Negative Zone, and they've made friends with a group of pilgrims and some natives who have, like, lion manes. And now they've come across Maximus the Mad, who says he wants to make a deal, even though Ben says, I don't trust this bum as far as I can throw him, and I can throw him pretty far. So, if he can throw him far, doesn't that mean he does trust him? The only reason the expression makes any sense is because most people can't throw people very far. Maximus has found the old headquarters of the FF, the Four Freedoms plaza building and has taken them there and Reed looks around and says it sure does look like his old laboratory and he goes to see if some of the stuff works and it does Maximus is called Maximus the Mad but he says that when he delivers everyone from this nightmare universe they will call him Maximus the Magnificent I don't see that happening Reed goes on to explain that there are two universes one made of positive ion energy and one made of negative energy with a wall between the two universes but now someone is trying to tear down that wall but before they do you must remember one thing that if that wall comes down it will end both universes simultaneously. Reed feels responsible since it's his own inventions that have caused this calamity. Sue tells him that he shouldn't feel responsible but yeah he kind of should since they split up leaving Reed to work on a scientific solution to the problem, while Ben and his friends head off to go find someone to clobber. Good candidates for a clobberin can be found on the other side of the planetoid. Pace Pot Pete and his friends from the Gideon Trust, they're heading down a cave, and they come across, which is bad news for them, a nihilist who jumps out at him. He says, At long last, the enemy is mine. He's been hiding out in that cave for a long time? waiting to attack? Pastepot Pete, of all people? Ugh, oh, he needs to find a new hobby because that's just sad. Annihilus proceeds to slaughter one of the guys in the crew while Pete and his buddy Travis they remain calm. Pete says that Annihilus is the energy reading they've been tracking. Pete calls up his boss, the Colonel, for advice. Hey, I'll give him some good advice. Run! This is a nihilist, and you're paste pot Pete, or the trapster, or some other character. Doesn't matter what you doesn't matter what your name is. You're still quite lame. So run back in New York City. Johnny is wasting no time in assembling his own new Fantastic Four team to replace the missing Sue, Ben, and Reed. There's the Submariner, the She-Hulk, Ant-Man, and Namorita, which is five people total. But no one ever said that math was Johnny's strong suit. Johnny says he wants to introduce them to Noah Baxter, the architect of the Baxter Building, an old college professor of Reed's, and a guy who lives on a space station. I'm not sure why. He's got some kind of space station. They never explain that. Noah tells the group that the Gideon Trust has opened a door to the Negative Zone and is leeching energy from that universe and bringing it to Earth. Namer says that energy is killing a bunch of sea life. Noah explains that they just can't go in there and fight the Gideon Trust. They're not supervillains with ray guns. They're a corporation with lawyers and paperwork. Well, you know, this is the 21st century. I kind of like to think that the rich corporate assholes are, are supervillains. Neymar wants to storm Gideon headquarters, but they can't really do that. So Neymar, so Neymarita has an idea. Meanwhile, over at Gideon, Gideon headquarters, An old FF villain, Janus, Janus, whatever his name is, is hanging out and discussing his past with a lady friend as they enjoy a couple of glasses of wine. Janus says that in college, everyone thought that Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom were so smart, and no one paid attention to him. And when Janus discovered the negative zone and wanted to exploit it, Reed Richards stood in his way. Janus ended up faking his own death to buy himself some time to gather up enough resources to gain access to the Negative Zone again and plunder it. The colonel comes in and tells Janus that Pete and Travis have located their prime target and need reinforcements. Janus puts his hands to his temples, and he seems to go into some kind of trance. He looks dead, but back in the Negative Zone, a bunch of soldiers arrive to fight alongside Pete and Travis against Annihilus. And on the other side of the planetoid, Ben and Sue, along with Hell Scout and Gornkai, leader of the people with the lion manes, are still looking for some ass to kick. And Gornkai says that if the universe is going to blow up, he wants to die fighting. They finally find a group of Gideon Trust Marines. And now, it is in time, and they swoop in, and they start wiping the floor with the soldiers. Sue sees one of the guys trying to call someone on the communicator, And she holds him up with a force field and demands to know who he's calling. Maybe he's calling a dry cleaner to see if they can get the pea stains out of his pants. Meanwhile, back in New York, Johnny and the others are sneaking into Gideon headquarters after being struck down... after being shrunk down in size by Ant-Man. And now they're flying on... what I guess are flies. she says it's weird to be riding an ant. I guess it's an ant? Do ants fly? I don't know. This is not the How Stuff Works podcast. I guess in the Marvel Universe, they have flying ants. Okay, I just Googled it. And yes, there are flying ants in in our world, and I guess in the Marvel Universe as well. I guess that's why I do this podcast, so I can learn stuff, important stuff like that. So they land and they get off their ants, and Noah gives them a call and tells them he's picked up some movement coming their way. They've been detected by the building security robots security robots that look like a bunch of Herbies. Oh, you've got to be kidding me, Johnny says, echoing the thoughts of the readers. And so the heroes proceed to start kicking some Herbie ass. Noah tells Johnny not to flame on because the Gideon Trust's heat sensors will detect him. But if they're already fighting the robots, wouldn't they know already that there's invaders in the building? Johnny can't help it. He flames on and he burns all these robots that are attacking Namorita. They move on. They go out of a grate into a room where they return to normal size just in time to face the Mad Thinker's Android. Ah, awesome! Oh, you're such a dirty Uh, Yeah, that's right. It's the Mad Thinker's awesome Android who wallops She-Hulk in the back and over in the negative zone Sue, Ben, and the others come across Annihilus, and surprisingly, he's been captured by Pace Pot Pete and the Gideon soldiers who have tied him up and has bound him in these electric cables. Ben says, Even a monster like Annihilus doesn't deserve this. Oh, I disagree. He does. He really does. Doesn't Ben remember the time that Annihilus beat the shit out of his girlfriend Alicia? Ben should be like, Oh, yeah, finally someone's giving Annihilus a taste of his own medicine. Well, that's it. It's to be continued next time in our next episode coming next month. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. Have a nice Thanksgiving. This podcast is over. I'm the difference Between